to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Happy Friday, everybody. A couple of articles I want to go through here of some things that took place this week that I thought were rather pathetic um, and frightening, kind of all at the same time. Made some observations, too, regarding a local school board meeting, and I'd kind of like to just comment on that first before I get into some of this other stuff. But the first sort of bigger picture thing is this. This is something that I've touched on in the past, but it certainly bears repeating. And it's the concept of what happens when people hold or seek out positions of influence, we'll call it, I'm using finger quotes here, um, or leadership positions or what have you. It certainly takes a particular personality type, again, to want to be a superintendent or a school board member or whatever. The the problem is this. These mask mandates, for example, that exist in countless schools across the nation, every single one of these schools that is doing this and school districts that are doing this are making work for themselves. Their own ignorance is creating more work that they in turn are creating and then having to manage and plates to spin and picking up mercury with a fork and trying to do all of these different things that they cannot do and they look foolish in doing while at the exact same time doing whatever they can to ignore the simple fact that they actually created the problem in the first place. Now we know that they wouldn't say that. We know that they wouldn't admit that. They would simply say, this is COVID, and we didn't see this coming, and this is something that we all have to manage, and all those other buzz phrases that you would hear them say over the course of time, and we've heard them say over the course of a year and a half. We didn't anticipate this, this was unforeseen, and blah, blah, blah. The fact is, is that all they had to do was stay open, not wear masks, turn off their televisions, and just do what they were normally doing. And if the health departments were screaming at the top of their lungs, well, you have to do this and you have to do that. The health departments and local school boards should never be connected to one another. They should never be associated with one another in any capacity whatsoever. And unfortunately, again, as I've brought up in the past, they are intertwined, which is a horrible, horrible thing. These were the same school districts or same health departments, rather, Way back in the day, and I'm talking like decades and decades ago, anybody remember back in the 90s when condoms first showed up in American schools and everybody just flipped out? I mean, everybody flipped out. You're promoting sex. You're promoting this. You're promoting that. Contraception on the, on the school grounds is absurd. And that's, not, that's not what should happen. And I agree with that. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be available. If you want contraception, go to a Walgreens, go to a CVS, go somewhere else, not the school. You don't go to school and knock on the front door and go, hi there, do you have any Band-Aids? Because, you know, I was just passing by and I would just like some Band-Aids. It doesn't work that way. But unfortunately, that very singular decision decades ago was brought on by health departments. And then, of course, health departments brought that idea. They didn't make it up out of thin air. They were told to do it. It's the same with these masks, and it's the same with these distancing policies, and it's the exact same with the contact tracing and the quarantine, which they love using that word as well. But they're making work, is my point. And uh, this was a recent example, again, that occurred in a recent board meeting 
in the school district uh, in the town where I live. And it's, again, it's very indicative of countless other school districts because this isn't the only one making work and sounding like morons every single time that they bring this up. But they've openly admitted now that their own local health department is not keeping track of the mental and emotional well-being. Not sure how you do that. But they're, they're not caring nor keeping track of the mental and emotional well-being of the students within the school district as a result of, of course, the mask wearing and the distancing and the isolation and the quarantining and, and all of that other nonsense. So, again, they're proving time and time again that the health and well-being of the individuals who attend these schools, the students, they refer to them as kids, of course, which I hate that phrase. It's not kids, they're students. So, they, I mean, they're just openly admitting that they don't care is my open point here. And, and they're doing that without knowing what they're doing. Another interesting little back and forth that occurred among the board members, which and in particular the superintendent and one board member, because one board member seems to have their head on straight while the rest of them are insane. And so she simply asked a very basic question, which I'm sure countless other people have asked before, and that's, when are we going to end these mask mandates? Because it's becoming impossible to manage all of the things that have now been created around the very mandate itself and requiring these masks and everything else. For example, she brought up how students aren't talking with one another. They're not communicating. They're not socializing. They're not, they're not doing that. Now, that's important when it comes to, of course, human development. People need to have conversations with one another without wearing a mask, of course, and then they need to be able to gauge the facial expressions of the individual that they're communicating with, because if you're not doing that, what are you, what are you talking to? Who are you talking to? You're talking to a robot. And unfortunately, th again, they're not literate. And, and the individuals that are going through with all of these policies, regardless of where they live, are not literate people. They don't read directions. I mean, these are the kinds of people where you would give them a Lego set if they were, if it, even as an adult or a child. And not only would they not have an imagination and create something that would be interesting, but they would be incapable of following the direction. So if it said, okay, you have 12 pieces here, you need to build a car. If you came back into the room after, say, 10 minutes, the pieces would be all discombobulated. They'd be all over the place. I mean, that's how dumb these people are. And yes, I'm making fun of them because they need to be made fun of. You see, this is, you have to make fun of a Marxist. You just have to. You, you can't try to rationalize with irrational people. You know, I, I think it was something like uh, Mark Twain, if I'm not mistaken, basically said, when an individual walks past two people having an argument, it's very difficult to understand which person is the sane one. So, if the individual, again, is just going to sit there and they're just going to work their way through these illiterate policies, because again, that's what they are. They're completely illiterate policies. Because again, they're not even reading the, the directions on the side of the box that the masks come in that say it doesn't do anything. And they should be limited, uh, you know, warned for a limited amount of time because this isn't, it's not a respiratory device of any kind. So the, the larger point is this. 
not only are they making more work for themselves, but when, when when the business of the cafeteria came up, it was absolutely hilarious because they have them separated now in cafeterias. But so, so they again, they can't talk to each other. But you know that the administrators are saying to themselves, well, once we get them all back together, they'll be able to talk and talk about how they hate us. And that's all they'll be doing is scheming and whatever else. They are thinking about that. And you need to keep that in mind that the teachers and the administrators that have been going through with this entire charade this whole time, they know that once these fake mandates and totalitarian policies are lifted, the students will be back together full time communicating with one another about what a horrible environment the place is. Now, again, why they're even going to these environments as literate students who can read on their own and write on their own is beyond me. It continues to just blow me away as to why they're even being attended. But that right there again shows the slavery mentality and the mental and emotional decline that's occurring because it's Stockholm syndrome. And they're, I mean, they're, they're sympathizing with their abuser. But another point got brought up again, which is hilarious, and it proves that they're continuing to make their own work. And that's a, that's a problem, and that's not a characteristic of a real leader making problems just so that you can make more problems and manage more problems. But the issue of winter sports came up, like basketball, for example, and volleyball. And then whether or not they were going to issue mask mandates for people attending indoor sporting events within their schools. Honest to God, you would have thought that somebody walked into the room and flipped over the table and threw a bunch of ants all over everybody and let, let a rat loose, you know, in a small room. I mean, they, they all started to panic. In particular, the superintendent, because he's, he, he doesn't want to lift these mandates whatsoever. So, well, we're just going to have to manage that, and we're just going to have to manage that, and we're just going to have to see what you know what we're going to have to do. And then he said this, which was jacked up. He openly admitted that the neighboring school districts for which they compete with one another uh, when it comes to sporting events, that some of them have mask mandates and some of them don't. And he said, well, that could be that could certainly be problematic. And then he said this. I'm not kidding. He actually said this. He said. Maybe we should hire people. And then he said, like police, to go around the room and encourage people to wear their masks and offer the masks and tell them that they should wear a mask for the safety of the people around the area and blah, blah, blah. I mean, now he's, they're so totalitarian that they're interested in telling other parents in other towns associated with other districts, what they should be doing. They're power crazy. It's that simple. Emphasis on the word crazy, but they're power crazy. And they have to keep their hands in the cookie jar, and they have to make it look like they're doing whatever they can to make everything safe, and they'll use that word equitable for everybody as much as they can. It's, it, it, it really is a mental illness that these individuals have. They should be diagnosed. They should be institutionalized. They're not well. They're just not well. And again, like I said, they can't read basic directions. Um, there was another point which was very funny, I thought, and a complete lie. Um, 
but they had to get it out there and they had to say it because they know that I'm out here and I'm saying it and they're probably listening to this podcast and whatever else. But they basically said that the ESSER funds that they're given, which actually for this district total to at least $4 million. In other districts, it's tens of millions of dollars. But they're claiming that the ESSER funds are not tied to mask mandates and that they'll receive the money anyway, even if they didn't have a mask mandate in place. And to that, I say bullshit. It's an absolute lie. The mask mandates, the distancing, the quarantining, the social, the, the uh, contact tracing, all of that, all of it, is in the paperwork when it comes to receiving these ESSER funds. And they love money because they love wasting it. So the best way to get that cash, because if they were ethical, they would say, we don't need it, we're fine. We don't want it, we're fine. We're doing our own thing. Everybody's healthy. It's not even our job to worry about whether or not everybody's healthy all of the time. That's the job of the family, not government. But they're not even, I mean, they'll never, ever own up to it. And of course, they're not under oath, so they can lie through their teeth all, the, all that they want. And they do. And it was just telling because it was one singular point that was brought up quite literally out of nowhere. And then I just want to make this abundantly clear because this is one of those things that's been brought up that we have mask mandates and the reason that those are in place is just so we can get cash and blah, blah, blah. Yes, we know that that's the case. We know that's the case. We also know that if you didn't do the other draconian things that you're doing, again, like the contact tracing and whatever else, that if schools weren't doing these things, they wouldn't get that cash. They have to, they have to sign off on it. They have to check on those lines. And then they have to provide paperwork that they are, in fact, doing those things. Because if they're not, well, they won't get the cash the next time it's offered up. And again, as you might expect, they want cash because they want to waste it. So, with all of that said, let me mention this too, and this is a horrific article, I thought, and it comes from Ohio State uh, University, osu.edu, in their news section, and it says the following. I tossed this out on Gab earlier this week, but I wanted to read through it because it really is highlighting a much larger problem that a lot of these schools believe that their quote-unquote vaccine percentages and the number of people who have been jabbed, uh, that it's some kind of a contest. And it really is awful because you'll get a lot of districts out there, again, whether it be K-12 or university level, and they're saying to themselves, well, we're about 60% jabbed. Then another district shows up or another school university and says, well, you're not doing as good a job as we are because we're 70% jabbed. Well, wouldn't you know it, Ohio State University is claiming that they are 90% jabbed among all of their at attendees, all their students, 90%, and everybody who goes there, 90% jabbed. Here's another little interesting point before I read this article. <clears throat> Isn't it funny how these places are accepting religious mandates, and yet what happened to all of that separation of church and state stuff? Remember all of that? Can't have a Bible. Religion has no place in public school. Oh, by the way, now you can submit a religious exemption. Interesting, isn't it? Again, the hypocrisy knows no bounds here. And with every step that we take, that in particular they're taking, 
in just moving forward with their own massive lie, all it's doing is exposing countless other lies. I'm loving this revealing. I'm loving it. It's horrific, and it's hurting countless people, and it's destroying society. But hopefully, it's destroying the most perverse part of society. I'll put it that way. So uh, here it is. And by the way, we should play a little game here. Um, because I really do hate the way that these articles are written because you know that they're written by just brain dead leftists, even for you know the individuals that work within these universities. But we should count how many times we heard hear the word community. Because I detest that word. It's a leftist it's a leftist it's leftist vocabulary. It's used constantly over and over and over again. Community, community, community. So here's the title. Nearly 90% of Ohio State community is vaccinated. Overwhelming majority of students, faculty, and staff got COVID-19 shots. See, again, they, they're making it sound like it's a game. And then, of course, they're doing that to ostracize those that haven't, including the ones that have gone through with their exemptions, whether it be medical or religious to try to make them feel bad in, in some uh, sadistic way. So it says the following, quote, More than 93,600 Ohio State students, faculty, and staff have received a COVID-19 vaccine, supporting a university-wide effort to protect the health and safety of its campuses and communities. Of course, it doesn't do any of that. And there's that word community again. God, two sentences in. Uh-oh, here's another one. It could be in every paragraph, ladies and gentlemen. Um, next sentence. In all, more than ninety, more than eighty-nine point eight percent of Ohio State community members have received a COVID nineteen vaccine to date. On the Columbus campus, more than ninety percent of students have received at least one dose. So keep in mind, their their mandate is again. You've got to have at least one jab by October 15th, and your next jab has to come a month later, or else, or else they run you out of town. Um, continues, as part of a comprehensive approach to COVID-19 safety, Ohio State is requiring all students, faculty, and staff to be vaccinated against COVID-19 or receive an exemption. The university said in October 15 for, that's uh, poorly written. The university set an October 15 for individuals to receive at least their first dose and a November 15 deadline to complete their series if they are receiving a two-dose vaccine. It then says the following, quote, Thanks to the willingness of so many Buckeyes to get vaccinated, our campuses are healthier and we have been able to enjoy more of the in-person experiences that are so integral to Ohio State, said President Christina Johnson, who is a psychopath, by the way. She continued, quote, We have collectively demonstrated what the science indicated, that vaccines are the best tool to both prevent serious illness and death and help us return to a sense of normalcy. I am thankful that our students, faculty, and staff have stepped up to protect the communities, there it is again, where we live, work, and engage. Looking out for one another and giving back is what we do, the very foundation of our mission as a land-grant institution, unquote. This is going to crumble on them 
again in a way that they cannot imagine. They are so blind that they have no idea what's going on. The double jabbed are getting ill at an incredible rate right now. So much so, in fact, it's consistently being publicized now in the fake media. Neil Cavuto, a Fox News host, who's a rotten human being and uh, was anti-Trump to the bone for the longest time while, I don't know, doubling as a conservative news host, allegedly has been double-jabbed and now is sick with coronavirus and is actually uh, crediting the jabs for saving his life. Oh, I'm certain it would have been so much worse if I'd have blah, blah, blah. I can't, uh, I can't believe it. I just can't believe the mental disconnect that these individuals have. And again, they're going to get sick again and again and again, and they're going to wonder why. And then they're going to run out for their booster, <clears throat> and then that's going to be the end of it. So, yeah, it continues here, unfortunately. Quote, beyond promoting vaccination, the university's comprehensive COVID-19 response includes testing thousands of students weekly with fake tests, I might add, a robust contact tracing program that allows early intervention and safety protocols such as indoor masking. The university's response is detailed on the Safe and Healthy Buckeyes website. I'm telling you, I don't think these institutions are going to exist in the future. The class action lawsuits are going to bring these people to the ground. But again, are they going to even be around to sue? That's the, that's kind of the other question. Uh, it wraps up here, kind of. It says, quote, reflecting on all these efforts, average seven-day positivity rates among students were less than 0.5% as the university marked its autumn break October 14 and 15. Positive rates declined steadily after peaking at 3.4% on September 1st. Oh, wait for it. Just wait. Give it, a, give it another month or two and watch what happens. In particular, January and February. That's going to be really jacked up, I'm afraid. It says, quote, students, faculty, and staff have responded to the challenge of these times by taking action to promote the health of the entire community, said Melissa Sh uh, Shivers. I'm saying that right. Don't care. Senior Vice President for Student Life and Co-Chair of the University's COVID-19 Response Team. Quote, the high rate of vaccination clearly demonstrates our Buckeye community's commitment. Unquote. Are we keeping track? Are we playing that game of how many times they've said community? Uh, Ohio State has provided an exemption process from the vaccination requirement based on medical, religious, and personal reasons. Hmm. Personal reasons. Uh, you're all liars, and I don't believe any of this because the entire thing is a hoax. How about that? It continues and wraps up here, quote, The university has received 5,988 exemption requests from students, faculty, and staff, and the review process is continuing for those filed in recent days. To date, about 233 exemption requests have been denied, largely because of missing documentation or incomplete forms. Those individuals have been notified that they can resubmit their requests with proper documentation. Information about the university's vaccination requirement is posted on the safe and healthy blah, 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 which blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's it. 
So, the community total. If you count the title, they use the word community six times. In case you weren't aware, Ohio State is a community. Ugh, it's just awful. Okay. The next thing. Um, no sexual innuendo here, I promise. Um, Joe Biden wants to jab kids. So this came from Zero Hedge. Again, I put this out on Gab earlier in the week. But I'm going to read through this briefly because, again, we've known for a very long time that uh, they've wanted to come after the children and they're continuing to do so. So much so, again, that the FDA is even chomping at the bit to get these rammed into kids. And it's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to, they're, they're going to push through here. And I'll tell you something. If the patriots are in control, I cannot think of a better way to split society. Um, into the homeschoolers and the non-homeschoolers. Because once these kids start getting these jabs, they're going to start dropping like flies. And the number of parents that are going to pull their children out of school because they don't want the jabs is going to be enormous. It's going to be absolutely enormous. And I don't think, again, public schools are going to survive such an exodus. I really don't. And frankly... If this is what it takes, and I know it sounds really sick, but if this is what it takes to destroy American K-12 education and higher education, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not advocating for the loss of life. I want to make that abundantly clear, but my God, um, <clears throat> I just don't, I, I don't see this ending well at all. It'll certainly, it's of course going just fine for the individuals that are homeschooling right now because they're watching all of this and they're sad about it, but they're watching all of this and they're just saying, I can't believe the parents are actually going to go along with this at this point. So it says the following, uh, it's titled White House Details Plan to Quickly, quote unquote, vaccinate 28 million children ages 5 to 11. The Biden administration on Wednesday unveiled its plan to quickly vaccinate roughly 28 million children aged 5 to 11 pending authorization from the Food and Drug Administration. The jab, which doesn't prevent transmission of COVID-19, will be available at pediatricians, local pharmacies, and possibly even at schools, according to the White House, which expects FDA authorization of the Pfizer shot in children, the least likely to fall seriously ill or die from the virus in a matter of weeks, according to the Associated Press. And they're corrupt as well, too, by the way. It says, quote, federal regulators will meet over the next two weeks to weigh the benefits of giving shots to kids after lengthy studies meant to ensure the safety of the vaccines. Within hours of formal approval expected after the center for Disease Control and Prevention Advisory Meeting scheduled for November 2nd and 3rd, doses will begin shipping to providers across the country, along with smaller needles necessary for injecting young kids, and within days will be ready to go into the arms of kids on a wide scale, says the Associated Press. I'm going to keep reading this article because it's awful, and I'll read it in its entirety. First of all, though, allow me to interject. If you're a human being, and you're alive, and you jab children with this, you will be responsible for their sterilization and their murder. I know a guy who said that in a school board meeting a couple of months ago. 
I don't know who that was, but they were awfully smart because they were ahead of the curve. Um, yeah. It's pretty simple. You're going to have parents slaughtering their own children. Can't believe that uh, society has come to this, but here it is. It continues, according to the announcement, the White House has secured enough to supply more than 25,000 doses for pediatricians and primary care physicians who have already signed up to deliver the vaccine while the country now has enough Pfizer vaccine to jab roughly 28 million kids who will soon be eligible, meaning this won't be a slow rollout. A slow rollout, there we go, like we saw 10 months ago when doses and capacity issues meant adults had to wait. Meanwhile, the White House is rolling out an ad uh, advertising campaign to convince parents and kids that the vaccine is safe and effective. According to the report, quote, the administration believes trusted messengers, educators, doctors, and community leaders will be vital to encouraging vaccinations. Did you catch that word in there? little interesting communistic word usage here. It said again, quote, the administration believes trusted messengers, trusted messengers, educators, doctors, and community leaders will be vital to encouraging vaccinations. The propaganda has been going on since the start dating back to the very first school teachers that were wearing masks, had a face shield, wore gloves, a lab coat, and hung up shower curtains in between the desks. Those whack jobs, which is exactly what they are, they're full-blown whack jobs. Those individuals that are doubling as school teachers and doubling as, uh, as apparently medical doctors are the propagandists, to say the least. Those individuals doing that have been ingraining this, not just in themselves, but in their own students since the very beginning. There's still, again, countless video of, of endless students recording their teachers talking about how everybody has to get the jab and how effective they are. They're doing this when they're supposed to be teaching, and the students, by and large, aren't having any of it. They're not having any of it. They're throwing it right back at the school teacher, right back into their face, and the school teacher's wondering why. Ladies and gentlemen, the students are brighter than the educators themselves when they're coming from morally sound families who know that all of this is horseshit. That's exactly what's going on, and it's creating an environment that is just unmanageable. It's absolutely unmanageable. I think it's hilarious. But, yeah, again, the homeschoolers are laughing their tails off right now. Uh, it continues, quote, COVID has also disrupted our kids' lives. It's made school harder. It's disrupted their ability to see friends and family. It's made youth sports more challenging, says Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy. Ugh. He looks like an actor, by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen this clown, but he looks like he's an actor, like I've seen him in some movie someplace. He again said in a statement to NBC, getting our kids vaccinated, we have the prospect of protecting them, but also getting all of those activities back that are so important to our children, quote-unquote. According to Murthy, the administration is leaving the question of mandates for school, local, and state officials. Good luck. I would love to see city councils try to mandate jabs. Unfortunately, as we know, in countless towns and cities, 
city councils have mandated jabs for all of their government workers, which is an abomination, I might add. On top of that, though, we know that city councils work hand-in-hand with school boards. So what they're going to do, of course, is local school boards are going to acquiesce to what city councils have done. And they'll say, well, city council's done it, and so that means that we need to do it. They're going to do that. I mean, that's going to be their mode of operation here, and it's not going to work out. I mean, it's just not. You, you, can't, you cannot teach with next to zero students in the school. And again, this had better be the breaking point for parents. If they start mandating these jabs for children and say, well, you can't, you can't come here if you're not jabbed, those parents had better yank their children out of those schools in the blink of an eye. They'd better do that, because if they don't, they're lining them up for the slaughter. And I don't think they want to bury their... And I mean, I don't think they want to bury their own kids, do they? I mean, there are parents out there who, again, are buying into all of this. But it's... Um, again, they can't comprehend what's coming here. So, uh, yeah. And unfortunately, and you're going to hear it right now, the previous vaccine mandates that they have for mumps, measles, XYZ... You're, you're even hearing Dr. Fauci in his uh, infinite wisdom, sarcasm, uh, you know, con- continuously use that as a reference point. Well, this is no different than that. Sure it is. You give kids a measles or mumps vaccination, they don't flop over dead. Whereas with this, they are. Isn't it funny how they're not even mentioning the adverse reactions? How even they aren't referencing any of the deaths whatsoever, ever? I mean, you're never hearing them do that. So Murthy said the following, quote, Those are decisions on when it comes to school requirements that are made by localities and by states. He also said this, quote, You've seen already some localities and states talk about vaccine requirements for kids, and I think it's a, re- a reasonable thing to consider to get those vaccination rates high. And it's also consistent with what we've done with our other childhood vaccines like measles, mumps, polio. And it wraps up by saying this, quote, the U.S. government has purchased 65 million doses of the Pfizer pediatric shot. I like how they're calling it pediatric shot now. That's, that's new terminology. And then they said, quote, which is expected to contain one-third of the dosage for adults and adolescents. The FDA's Independent Advisory Committee will meet October 26th to consider authorizing the Pfizer shot for children aged 5 to 11. To top it all off, CDC Chief Rochelle Walensky says her agency will still recommend that children wear masks in schools even after the vaccine is approved for kids. Unquote. Yes. Yes, isn't it just great? These psychopaths have no shame whatsoever. None. Zero. No common sense. Even while jabbing all of the children, they're still going to have to wear the masks. They just, you give a Marxist an inch, they'll take a mile, and then they'll take your bank account and your house. And if you're still alive, even after all of that, They'll take the clothes off of your back, and then they'll reach right into your chest and rip your heart out. I'm, I'm telling you what, th- these people want you dead. They want your kids dead. And if they can convince you to kill your children, 
without them having to actually do it themselves, all the better. More the merrier as far as they're concerned. These people are crazy. They're crazy. Please keep that in mind going forward. They're absolutely crazy. More masks, even with all of the jabs coming down the line. They have no shame whatsoever. None. Zero. So, shifting gears slightly, and speaking of having no shame and uh, speaking of perverse mentality, this is a TikTok video that was tossed my way. Give this a listen, and again, I'll describe it a little bit after the fact. So, here we go. So, I'm getting ready to go in um, to a meeting with our school's superintendent because I want to address a video that was shown in my daughter's class, language arts class, I believe. Anyway, um, before I go into all that, I just want to play this video for you and uh, kind of see what your thoughts are. Would you let your 9 or 10-year-old, like, would you be okay with them viewing this video? Is it, like, subliminal messages in this video? Like, is it educational? What's the point? Watch it. It's short. Um, and give me your feedback. Like, I want to know what you think. Maybe you'll be speechless like I was. I don't know. Let me know. There's good reason for my glistening skin and how I shine and how my pores are so clean and clear. I eat little baby's ice cream. It keeps me young. It keeps me light on my feet. I spring. From activity to activity, I love my job. I love my life. When you eat little baby's ice cream, you'll wink and nod and hug and high-five each other with great enthusiasm. This is a special time. Okay, now, if anybody was listening to that and saying to themselves, what the F... Congratulations, pat yourself on the back, because you are a sane person. You are sane. You are fine. You're a level-headed human being. First of all, a little baby's ice cream is apparently an actual thing. It's an actual company that no longer exists. Thank God for that. Second of all, why in the hell would something like that ever be played in any classroom whatsoever? And again, are we really shocked? Are we really? These, you know, these leftist lunatics and these Satanists and these people that promote this kind of stuff, again, have no business being around classrooms or children or students of, of any kind whatsoever. Let me describe the video, and anybody can look this up on YouTube. Apparently, their videos are notoriously satanic and just weird. Um, it's an individual, a male, I assume it's a male, hard to tell these days, uh, completely covered in this white cream with a giant spoon and their eyes are wide and they're scooping this white cream off the top of their own head and they're eating it. That's basically it. Basically it. Um, it's nuts and it's crazy. And again, if it was in fact shown in a classroom setting, the teacher should be reprimanded, if not just flat out fired because they're a crazy person. So there you go. Now there's one last thing here that I wanted to bring up. And this was again, tossed to me by a listener of the podcast who again, I had on the show 
last week who was describing the bond insurance connection with school board members um, and the superintendent and the treasurer and the school board president. And they tossed this my way, and it's a quote from Max Egan, who if you're unfamiliar with Max Egan, he is a Australian, um, 65, 67-year-old man, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's been very vocal about what's been going on in Australia, and I just saw a video of him recently where he has left Australia. He's gone to Mexico for the time being. They've been uh, The Australian government and local government has been coming after him. He's received countless death threats for speaking out on the freedoms that Australians are, of course, supposed to have and should keep fighting for. But he's left, again, for safety reasons. They've threatened to come after his bank accounts and XYZ in Australia. So, yeah. All the all the uh, all the safety and health to him, of course, and and everybody over there, and what's going on. But um, I wanted to just play this little reading of him um, of him saying this because again, it's it's a fantastic it's a fantastic message, I think. And again, I'm not sure if he's the original person who said this, but it's certainly something I think that resonates with me, and it should resonate with basically most of the listeners of this podcast. And if you can see yourself or feel yourself in what he's saying here, then again, congratulations. Pat yourself on the back because you, my friend, are a warrior, and you are somebody that I would fight next to uh, any day of the week, anytime. So give this a listen, and then I'll come back in on the end, mention a couple other things, and then we'll wrap it up. This terrifying force of death comes from the hands of men who wanted to be left alone. They try so very hard to mind their own business and provide for themselves and those they love. They resist every impulse to fight back, knowing the forced and permanent change of life that will come from it. They know that the moment they fight back, their lives as they have lived them are over. The moment men who wanted to be left alone are forced to fight back, it is a form of suicide. They are literally killing off who they used to be. Which is why, when forced to take up violence, these men who wanted to be left alone fight with an unholy vengeance against those who murdered their former lives. They fight with raw hate and a drive that cannot be fathomed by those who are merely play-acting at politics and terror. True terror will arrive at these people's door and they will cry, scream and beg for mercy, but it will fall upon the deaf ears of the men who just wanted to be left alone. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. The enemy has no idea what is in store for them. They just don't. Not only have they led themselves directly into the slaughter with their own bad policies and their their own horrific poison and a thousand other things, but they just have no idea what will happen when you continue to poke the bear. They just have no idea. And again, every single time that we learn and every single time that we continue to move forward in this war here, we are shedding skin, we're losing petals, and then those petals regrow and that skin regrows, and it's tougher and tougher and more beautiful at the exact same time. And that, again, continues to show that we look way better than they do because what's happening with them? Just look at how they're behaving. Again, look how they physically look, masked up, jabbed up, playing all the games, 
they continue to look like the brainwashed goons that they are, whereas we continue to look like the morally sound, the mentally sound, and we continue to press on in the most positive direction that we can. So, with that said, here's what I'm going to link in the description below. Um, first of all, Dr. Robin McCutcheon, who has been a guest on this podcast on numerous occasions, and she's going to come back in Oct- uh, October. She's I, I know what month it is. I know what month it is. Uh, she's going to come back in November um, and and uh, give us an update as to what's going on. Because again, just a just a quick shift here from now until the old Thanksgiving break is really going to show a lot. I'm afraid. Um, she has indicated again that she'll be back in November, and she was on the Quite Frankly podcast last night, or two nights ago rather, on Wednesday, so I will link that as well in the description below if you're interested in watching that. It was a fantastic appearance. I, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, I've also added more and more information to the Detoxing the Jab document that I have in the documents section right at the very top of my website. So again, go to AmericanEducationFM.com, scroll down to where it says Documents, and it also, of course, is in the upper right-hand corner. You can click on that little bar up there, and then the Documents tab shows up. And then right there at the very top of the Documents section, it should say Detoxing from the Jab. So that PDF, again, has been added to at least two, three times now this week with other information that I've found and other information that has been sent to me, and I'm just continuing to add to that as best I can. Again, feel free and use that, cut and paste it, toss it wherever you want, print it out, send it to a family member, whatever you'd like to do. That's why the document exists. So other than that, have a great weekend, everybody, and I'll catch you on Monday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.